So welcome to the very next episode of the Real Roadmap podcast. Today I've brought on a amazing gentleman. His name's John Lashley and he is the owner, the co-owner of the Brooklyn Brownie Co. So I'd just like to welcome John to uh, the podcast and I am looking forward to a really exciting <laughs> conversation because I'm sure you've got so much for us all to learn about. Yeah, man, it should be fun. Yeah, you know, I usually like chatting. You got a ton of jibber jabber to go on about. <laughs> jibber jabber. I mean, <laughs> one of the um, one of the things that I've known you for is <laughs> is the fact that you um, you have another facade that you put on, which is the. Um, Oh, Mr. T stuff. Yeah, oh, Mr. T stuff. Actually, my pocket's going off because I got a whole bunch of cameos to do as really? well. Yeah, man, but, uh, do you yeah. have the cameo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been doing that for like years. I was one of the first um, lookalikes to go on uh, video, you know what I mean? So I took my both my lives, my visual effects life and lookalike life, and I said, I hate doing gigs even though it's just an hour. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to travel and everything else. I might as well put it on video. Wow. <laughs> and that was it. I was just like, there's my fee. If you want to pay it, pay it. If not- And that does all right. Mate. Yeah. Really? <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I just pop up my hair and my, my what do you call it? Uh, my, my vest and chains and uh, just go upstairs in the middle of baking. Like, quit your jibber jabber fool. <laughs> Happy birthday, Sue. That's about it. It's just over. <laughs> Take it all off, run it back downstairs, get back to baking. That's some, I, do you know, again, it, these sort of things always interest me because yeah. um, part of what I'm trying to learn, mm. trying to understand is like, we have all been brought up in this world where we believe that earning money is a trade for time mm. when you go into a job, right? Yeah. But actually there's these little pockets of opportunity like yeah. this cameo thing yeah. where like at some point you thought, I could probably capitalise mm. on being a lookalike of Mr. T here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're earning money from that, probably to a, a reasonable tune. Um, it could be a day job, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's kind of like you just starting as a, well, let's go down to look like route. So starting as a look like back in 2009, I didn't know what it was. I turned up to my best friend, um, Gemma's birthday party. She called it a fancy dress party. She was one of our runners. I worked at Ragdoll at the time working on in the night garden and uh, she was about to leave and she said, Oh, do you want to come to a fancy dress party? And I was like, What's that? Being an American, new in the country. And she was like, it's like a costume party. I was like, is this for your birthday? <laughs> she was like, yeah. I was like, how old are you? She was like, 21. I was like, you guys dress up here? I was like, you guys punking me. Because I was asking yeah. the rest of the guys. They're like, nah, 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 nah. So she told us it was 80s party. And uh, competitive artists are, we all got the invite and we were like, yeah, we're going to keep a secret. Who is going to be what? Um, so I grew my hair out at that time for a long time. And everybody's, I was like two months advanced. And uh, people were like, you're looking a bit homeless, John. I was like, nah, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And then that night, shaved up my head, put on the chains, basic chains at that time. Always wore dungarees because I love dungarees. Your pants don't fall down or anything else. Um, and yeah, popped on the red top and went out and um hey it was insane i mean the the guy who owned the bar he kept he paid me to stay later and he kept taking pictures of me that night he's like oh mate you look great you look great i thought this guy's a bit of a pervert and then he was like yeah, can i have your number and i was like this guy's definitely a pervert but uh, he's like no I want, I want your number can i get your email because i'm going to send you all these photos there's this thing in this uk in the uk called lookalikes and i was like that dude and he was like it's like you'd go to this like what you're doing right now but you haven't this is you're doing it for free technically but i'm paying you to stay a little bit later and i was like yeah, okay and he's like look no matter what you do just take the photos and and forward them to some of these things called a look-alike agency and he sent them through that sunday 
And as casual as that, I just went forward and I went and looked on Google. So who the top agencies were. And I said, this guy kept taking pictures of me all night. I look like Mr. T. There you go. And the following week I was working for Drayton Manor. I did a commercial for them, a commercial for Asda. And then boil rolled out of control onto Britain's Got Talent. We toured the world for about a year and a half. Um, we did all the holiday parks. Um, we did commercials. We had our own series TV show for a while. Um, ended up on The Weakest Link, uh, winning that. Um, ended up on um, Come Dine With Me and a few other things. And then personally, they wanted to do our own TV show as well. Um, and then, yeah, we're in talks with that. So That is the complete opposite of what I thought had happened in that. Like mm. maybe, 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 um, my impression of like the whole lookalike scene yeah. was just like a light bit of, <laughs> that's actually a business. A light bit of fun, mate. That's an actual business. A light bit of fun. Yeah, it is. And then after, uh, the whole COVID situation, um, the thing is, as you work in that business or that entertainment field for a while, there's, I guess you could say there are tiers of lookalikes. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Some people who are just happy to be able to go out to clubs and pubs and events and go, oh my God, I'm getting paid to wine and dine and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the mid-tier who kind of go, okay, this is my fee. Um, and you guys can pay it. And then there's like the ones who have been on television. The more you've been on TV, the higher your prices. Because basically you're like a Z-lister. Uh, but then they're the people like myself and the lookalikes who there's only one in the world beside their other, their real person. Mm. And I'm the only Mr. T professional Mr. T lookalike in the world. Um, so it works well. Uh, so it's either me or Mr. T. Wow. <laughs> so I'm kind of like after COVID, I just went, you know what? I'm going to be a dick because to tell you the truth, this is a luxury product. This product is, is not needed. Mm. This individual does not need to exist. Mm-hmm. So I think I tripled my fees and I just put it out there. So I only get corporates and like real serious people who want to hire me. And I'm like, you know, pay it. It's hourly rate, mate. <laughs> you know really? I mean? That's about it. Yeah. There's no bending. There's no flexibility because I think it's COVID. It's just like, if you're having some extravagant, ridiculous party, um, you got the cash to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where everybody else is kind of like really holding onto their money. Small businesses are going bust. Um, if you're splashing out and you're inquiring on this thing that's not needed. And I totally agree. I am not needed. Mr. T ain't needed. <laughs> Go for it, bro. But if the, no, <clears throat> the inherent value of something yeah. is only defined by the person that's making the transaction. Yes. Right. So you could have said to him, let's say it's a thousand pound an hour. Yeah. Whatever it is. It, yeah. You could say it's a thousand pounds an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more. A lot more yeah. What? So let's we'll call it for round figures, a thousand pounds an yeah. hour. The person at the end of the phone might go, oh, yeah, that was, that's fine. Like, yeah, we, we were thinking it's going to be more than that. Yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, that, that's a that's bit it. much. And, it, yeah. and you're either going to get a yes or a no. no. And it's as simple as that. And, and I don't want to rest. You don't want to be wrestling people for that. No. As Mr. Tate, you, yeah. you probably win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the biggest thing is getting over the fact of yes or no. And, and, and like, going, oh, I could do everything. Oh, I could, I could modify it for you. It's just, you put it out there. And if you accept it, you accept it. If you don't, you don't. Um, yeah. And there's no skin off my back because I've got multiple other hats to do. You know, the Mr. T thing, it allowed me to also get my bodyguard's license. So I'm also a, a uh, bodyguard. I protected a president, royalty, um, and a few celebrity A-listers. Um, so just the Mr. T character alone has gotten me so much. There was a company in Oxford who wanted to get me my private pilot's license because Mr. T ain't getting no plane. Um, and it's just all these other add-ons from just putting on some chains in the wig. 
Um, and at times there was a point, I think back in 2012, when I was talking to my sister over the phone, cause she's back in New York, I actually hated the character. Because I got jealous and I thought I'm working so hard as a visual effects artist and a a creative consultant and all these things to get my day rate, you know what I mean? Which was a pretty fair day rate for a a digital consultant. Um, And I was just like, and I slap on some chains and I just growl a bit. And for an hour I make, you know, triple of what I'm I'm making here, Mm -hmm. you know, all my degrees and everything else. And she just went, John, you're a fucking idiot. She was like, you looking a gift horse in the mouth. What is your problem? Mm. What, what degree, what, what, what do you have to do? These people are kissing your ass at events. They're wanting to give you alcohol and everything else. And you've already been paid to show up so you could bounce whenever you want. And when I had to wind it back and look at it like that, I went, yeah, I am really being a prick. I just got to get over the fact that, yeah, dude, you put in all this work to school and everything else. And at times other people, they don't want that service. They want entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you just sell them that person and that's it. And then some people want protection you sell them that person uh, and so on and so forth. But it gives you that, gives you, like, I think the perspective is, and I think a lot of people may be able to identify with this, is the perspective is the, the, the meat and the bones of who you thought you were going to be mm. was surpassed by someone that you didn't want to be. Yeah. And, you know, at times people don't even have the additional option of that thing, which is where you don't have a comparative to draw to it. You can't say, I, you know, oh, I'm just going to nip out of me, Mr. T, because I earn more money than that. No yeah. one can do that. No. You've already expressed that you're the only yeah. one in the world that could do that. So most people only have their current job mm. or somebody else they know with a better job as their frame of reference. That's it. Where you're resentful, not resentful, maybe the wrong word, mm. but maybe at somewhat that time, resentful. I was, only, yeah. I was really resentful. I was just like, this makes no sense. I turned down a PhD at 21. I had no social life from the age of 11 to when I graduated with my master's. Um, and it was just like, it was an awkward life, but that was the life that we lived. You know what I mean? At 11 years old, I was, I was, I was still homeschooled. I was homeschooled from age of seven all the way up until 15. Um, so I had professors come in and they taught me and everything else. Um, and those were my friends. And it was a very interesting upbringing. Mm. Uh, weekly, I had to go visit psychologists and everything else to make sure I'm on the right track. School districts wanted to make sure I was okay. So every year I had two weeks of hell where I had to be integrated into normal school with those children and everything else. It was, it was night and day. I had a teacher, you know, coming into me every day, teaching me for two to three hours, one-on-one. So I felt like a mini adult. But then you go into a school district where, where's your hall pass? You have to raise your hand to use the bathroom, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what is this? Why am I doing this every year? And it was just to make sure I was sane or whatever else. Um, so my mother, though, for extra pressure cooker, at 11, oh, I need some friends. No, you don't. You could actually go to night school. Um, and she enrolled us in university because there was a loophole uh, at that time. We did not have to actually graduate high school. So she enrolled us into night classes. So my friends were then suddenly 25 to 70-year-olds. Because those are the old people who usually go to class, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, and it was sink or swim. Basically, you better make sure your art is good enough, your programming is good enough, and your math is good enough. Um, and yeah, man, it was it was a pressure cooker life. All of us had to do that. I mean, it, it's interesting to me that you talk about that because I, I think most people, school is normal. Mm. School is the way, right? Yeah. And by the very fact that school has been made the way. Yeah. Like the last hundred years, we have no real understanding of what the life was like 200 years ago, right? 
So we think because we went to school and our parents went to school mm. and our children are going to go to school, that is the place to go and learn. Yeah. So when we go into those environments and we're being educated to speak when you're spoken to, put your hands up, sit down and shut up, mm. learn what you need to learn. And all it is really is remembering stuff. Yes. You're not learning, no. you're remembering things. Yeah. You're being told to remember things that have happened. You're being told to remember equations and things like that. I was talking to my little girl about it the other day. Mm. I was like, you do realise that this, I, I appreciate that you're at school and yeah. I know it's a th thing, but I said, ask me any question, any question. She asked me, I'm just, there, there's the answer. I said, ask, ask me any equation, any math here. Yeah. I said, you don't need to know all this stuff. Mm. What you need to know more importantly is you, who yep. you are. And I think that's where most of us struggle. Mm. We identify with our grades. We identify with who we are at that time, what we're being told to be. Yeah. And then when you come out, and this is where I struggled, I had no idea who I wanted to be. Mm. I had zero clue. I had no morals, no principles, no guiding forces, no no um, understanding of the, my person, who I wanted to be. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And to hear that you were homeschooled and in that environment mm. you felt like a mini adult yeah <clears throat> so feeling like a mini adult you're actually developing a more true version of reality mm. because most of your life is adulting 100 <laughs> yeah he's adulting i mean it may I don't, did, did it did it do you ever feel resentful or maybe disenfranchised from the fact that you didn't really get the same sort of childhood experience? Um, not really. Um, because it wasn't really needed. You know what I mean? It's just like, I had a large family, had uh, five siblings who I lived with. So we played together. It wasn't like I was an isolated kid. They went to school though. You know what I mean? I have asthma. I still have asthma. I was promised for years, every decade, the doctor was like, oh, you grow out of it this decade. <laughs> it was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, okay, I know I'm going to die with it. Um, but yeah, man, I still have the same terrible asthma. Um, but that's what kept me home because the school districts in America, they didn't want to be put at risk or liability if I died on site. Um, well, so yeah, was exactly. That bad. My husband was that bad. I'd be yeah. hospitalized uh, two months at a time uh, whenever I'd get sick. So it was really bad. Uh, so I had my own pulmonologist, I had my own, uh, you know, specialists and everything else. So it was terrible. I was just lucky dad had really good health insurance. I was going to say, because yeah. out there, <laughs> yeah, like you do anything and it health. costs money, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it costs money, mate. Yeah. Um, but dad had really good health insurance. He, he worked for the government um, and it was good. You know, we had two dad, mom household. Um, it was a yin and yang situation. She's from British Guyana. Uh, so South America, dad's Irish, German, Long Island, bred and born hippie boy. You know what I mean? And, uh, Oddly enough, they met at the college slash uni that I ended up going to um, first, you know what I mean? Where we all were enrolled in night school yeah. and uh, it was crazy. They met in like a night class and uh, yeah, that's where they sparked. Dad came into my life when I was nine months. Uh, he came from a single parent family and he met me and apparently fell in love with me. He was just like, this boy is amazing. He, I think dad was 24. 24, 25 at the time. Wow. Um, and my mom had four kids at that time, including me. It was a bit weird if you think about it. This North Shore white boy meeting, you know, this immigrant uh, woman and she has kids and he's just like, his thing was, I don't want this nine month old boy to grow up without a dad like I did. 
and we he's been my daddy ever since he's been pops you got me and uh he's still his dad you know when i went to uni he moved in with me for a while because mom <laughs> this is this now crazy mom is hillary and my little sister who's now aerospace engineer she works for um Amazon for renewable energies and everything else. So she got into Cornell. So that's 250 miles up north. In, in Cornell's already really, a Ivy League school. Yeah. Um, so she got into their mechanical engineering department, aerospace engineering department. Um, and mom went, cool, I'm moving up there instead of sending Hillary to dorm. Uh, so she bought a house overnight, uh, moved up there at dad's downstate with his job. And he's like, uh, wow. <laughs> baby. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, yeah, you just travel up on the weekends, you know what I mean? And uh, bring the kids up, whatever you want. So I was like, well, you can move in with me, pops, you know what I mean? And we we had the best time ever. Well, I went to uni in Manhattan and everything else. I'd come home, he'd be cooking or I'd be cooking. He'd come home from work and we just, it was a great time because I was of age and he was, you know, he's dead, you know, but he's no longer a, a child, a father-son situation. It is father and son, but it's no longer a child and an adult. Um, it was a fantastic time. And I got to tell you, that was one of the hardest times moving over here because I had to settle up everything and move away from him. And then he had to find another place to live, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, we, it, was, it was a hard one. That was my hardest point in my life, leaving dad. That is one of the most beautiful stories mm. of parenting or step parenting, like yeah. standing in, like walking into your life and going, right, I'm committed to this. Yeah. Because a lot of us as people, I think have these traumas and the word trauma is a new buzzword. It's been, yeah, yeah it's everybody's talking about it, but a lot of my stuff that I felt um, are, and I don't think any of it is meant mm. It's not deliberate stuff. No. It's perception and how I perceived certain things, which aren't necessarily true mm. to the degree of which I felt them. Yes. Like the abandonment, the loneliness, the the nurturing that I felt like I needed and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Like the, the, the environment didn't offer me that. Yeah. And that made me feel a certain way as I've grown old. And I've had to work on all that stuff myself. But to hear a story like that, where the word trauma mm. wasn't even mentioned. So, and the fact that you actually didn't even frame the fact like there, there was a period where your biological father had left. Mm. That didn't even come into the equation. That wasn't even mentioned. It's like, oh, you know, I've got a great dad and he was there (laughs) for nine months. There's none of the other, none of the other other associated detachment or attachment to the biological father, that's it, which yeah. I found is that's a very positive way. Is it positive? Do you think? Um, well, the thing was, it's going to be a, well, it's going to be a nice long chat, but the thing is, it's just like my mother from inception raised us all to be very singular thinking individuals and very practical. Um, so if somebody wasn't mentioned, they didn't exist. Um, so the thing was my, apparently my biological father uh, it was technically kind of a sperm donor. He didn't know I existed until my mom kind of went, you've got a son. Um, she popped down to South America um, on a vacation. And she said in her mind that she wanted a child and she wanted a, a boy. 
And um, I know you can't jet get these things immediately, but she's so crazy. <laughs> she puts stuff to her mind, mate. The things that she's done uh, is is wild. If I really? talk, if she could tell you a story, man, I wish she's did a podcast before she passed. But yeah, she she has some hell of a stories, mate. But yeah, she went down there. And she came back with me in her stomach. <laughs> that was Whoa. it. Yeah. That's a dude, a letter. And he was like, uh, and that she was like, I'm not, I don't want anything from you. I just want to let you know, uh, at some point, if you want to make contact, make contact. And that was it. Uh, didn't know the guy's name up until she passed a few months ago. So it ago. wasn't even a big, difficult, no, overly nothing, complex mate, situation. Nothing. So there's no resentment to be held, really, is there? No, the guy didn't exist in my head. You know, Pops is Pops. Dad's dad. You know what I mean? He's just like, he's still dad. I talked to him the other day. We just ended up, you know, I called my sister because she was about to have a baby. And then he took the phone. We ended up talking for two hours. <laughs> 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 that was it. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's just like, I think it's just down to good parenting and people who love and he loves people. Purely, man. He's he's a great father. So <clears throat> would you attribute some of those loving qualities that are, were applied to you, but also the very pragmatic and like if, it, if they're not there, they don't exist sort of mm. thinking that you expressed? Like, do you think that that has helped you become the person you are? Because what I really wanted to absorb from you today and what I really wanted to sort of learn yeah. from you in, in, <clears throat> in essence is you've, you've, had a, an, a, an exciting career and the career you sort of touched on very well um, educated around those things, highly mm. tenured in that space. And you were earning more doing, you know, Mr. T work, but in that you've also developed your understanding to then set up the company that you run now, yeah. which in my opinion it, it is like, it really has taken, and it's a very local theme yeah, thing, yeah. but in Northamptonshire, Milton, <laughs> like, You've mm-hmm. really taken a, a big brand image yes. and everybody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you're at the main, like all the main food events. You've got a big social profile, mm-hmm. um, which is what's made me want to get you on because I know that your understanding around the social profile is, yes. is detailed. I know that your capacity to grow that and, and um, provide value and also entertainment mm-hmm which a lot of it is as well, Yes, has been essential to the growth mm-hmm. of that. But I just wanted to sort of ask you, like in, 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 the, in the most loose way that I could possibly ask yeah. it. So um, how is it that you think that you have managed to take what is quite simply making nice brownies mm-hmm. and turn that into your sole vocation? How have you managed to do that? Ooh, it's, it's actually a semi-short one. Um, and it goes back to the root of the family. So you got mom and dad, dad being the hippy dippy and their mom being the iron fist of business and everything else and getting things done. And with that yin yang um, parenting, they created each one of us, you know, of my siblings and so on and so forth. So with them giving me the type of energy and that type of upbringing, um, I've always been able to make decisions very quickly and cut things off when I know things aren't working correctly. And that worked well in film and video when I was doing that for 15 years or so in creative consulting, uh, because people will bring me in to help trim down their teams, explain to them what's the best production pipeline or digital pipeline they need for their facility, um, and just make the really hard decisions. Yeah. Um, and that was fine. So that digital area, I was happy and I mastered. But unfortunately, I think I hit my glass ceiling in this country. Um, 
And I say now I was fine with that, but at the time I wasn't because once again, it's validation. And I was trying to figure out, dude, I've got this. I, I, I turned down a fucking PhD at 21. I worked on this. I worked on that. I created this, you know, and, and you know, and when you go to some of these interviews, you have to bring three to six month creative package of what you're going to bring to this corporation because they're huge corporations. Um, and then when you do round two, round three of interviews, and then for whatever reason it goes quiet, and then you see your stuff on television or you see your digital pipeline within their facility because uh, you see it on the kiosks and everything else. It stabs you. It hurts. Well, that's you. how they take some of the. It hurts you. Um, and the last one I was going to do, I still remember the day. Um, I was going to go around three on this one. That was a local one, a pretty big company. And Leo, we started the brownie business at that time. It was kind of still a side thing. And Leo went, why are you doing this, dad? And he just looked at me like that. And I was like, uh, I'm thinking, I gotta, pay for, I gotta pay the bills. You know what I mean? In my head, I'm just like, I gotta do this. Like, All right, shut up kid. Um, and you know, I, he was like, why are you doing it? And with that, I, just, I think I had a extra set of brownies in the box, all boxed up in the back of the car. Uh, so I drove down to get to the interview. And I went, took the brownies in, in the back of my um, briefcase and I started showing my presentation. And as usual, um, I think there was about four really large companies. I've done this before, before I started doing my presentation and explaining to people in keynote, what am I going to bring to their company? What ideas, what they're doing now, which is terrible. What could be better? And I could see them writing down notes and they looked hungry. They looked hungry. Liam. And I was mm. like, seen these eyes before. And I just, looked in my bag and I saw the brownie box and I just kind of smiled and closed my laptop. And I said, uh, I think we're done. And I put the brownies on the table. And I said, enjoy, have a great time guys. And they looked baffled as fuck. And they were just like, what, what? And I was like, shook all their hands. And I said, I think we're done here. And I just left. And that was it. Um, because I knew there was, I wasn't getting the job. I knew they were just writing notes. They were taking every freaking thing that I was writing down to them and giving them, I was giving them gold. I was giving them their creative plan for the next six months. Um, and even further, because it was a local company, they would have eked that out from every year and a half. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Uh, because I move quick and I know what they could have implemented. And I was giving it down to the nuts and bolts. Um, and I was just like, I'm done with this shit, mate. Uh, let's make this happen. And I went back home and we... We really made stuff happen, dude. So how long did it take from that moment there? Because this is these are the juicy moments that I, I like to understand. For me, there's been a few pivotal moments where I've been in a good job. I've been doing something for a, yeah. a, a solid period of time. I've got a good amount of experience around yeah. it. I'm very skilled at doing the thing that I'm doing. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can't figure out what this feeling is, but I have to do something for myself. And Good. it's caused big problems in my life mm. because, you know, since being 17, 18, one of the guys that I interviewed last week, he's a family friend of mine. Okay. Soldo, he, he makes the plastic trays that you would get in major supermarket with it, with the food. Wow. You know, like your yeah, pizza yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. That business was turning over 95 million a year. Mm-hmm. He sold out for a very healthy eight-figure eight sum, right? And it's plastic trays, right? Yeah. But I used to go and see him and I'd, and I'd give him ideas and pitch him because not because I wanted him to um, give me money and let's get this started, mm-hmm. but I knew I was entrepreneurial. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to, And every job I've been in, I've, I've, I've worked my way up. And when I've got 
to a certain point in my career, I'm like trying to look for the next thing and I'm lazy, right? <clears throat> and I say lazy in the sense that I want to make things as easy as possible for myself. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I want to make things as easy as possible. Yeah. I want to do the least amount of outward effort applied and yeah. get the highest yield. I hear you. Okay. That is why rather than dialing a hundred numbers to do a deal, I would rather put good marketing out into the world yes. and get my warm leads that way and speak to 10 people. Mm. That's my F and it, uh, uh, expression of the term lazy. Yeah. yeah. You're efficient. I'm, I'm trying to become efficient. Mm. So where I, where I dislike doing certain things, I'm yeah. like, well, this needs fixing. Rather than well, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. well, what you're doing is really hard because you don't like doing it. Yeah. So your job is to put in place something better than that. 100%. In order to change the outcome for yourself. Yes. Um, and in essence, seeing what you've done with Brooklyn Brownies, I mean, we worked together. This is how we, we got an introduction. <laughs> I had, um, I had a, a, a food truck for a while and, you know, I did quite well with that. Mm. And But what I noticed was, one of the things that I ran into, which was a difficulty, was a cash flow. Like yeah. I hadn't, I was always in a position where, like, I needed to, earn I, a I needed I to earn a certain amount every month. If I didn't, I'm getting behind. As soon as you start getting behind, and then the following month yeah. doesn't do what it needs to do. Oh, maybe it'll be busy this month. No, that then doesn't work. You're then doubling arrears, mm -hmm. and then getting like, and it's like then the butcher put his prices up, yeah. and then yeah. um, the price of everything started going up, and then my car insurance came, and then all of a sudden I'm in a position where, like, it was over, and I was I was delivering parcels at night as well as doing that, and you're burning yourself out, man. Well, it I was it, it was yeah. horrible, yeah, and it was it was difficult, and then it was like I was struggling to pay for a, all my stock and yeah. trying to keep ahead. And then, you know, I got to a point where it was like, look, I can't, I, this can't isn't this. for me. This yeah. isn't for me. Um, and I'm grateful for that whole experience because mm -hmm. all the failures I've ever experienced in any business sense, whether that's with, with it as an with an employer mm -hmm. or as an, the self-employed yeah. individual, I've taken so much understanding from it. Yeah, they're all learning processes. But for me now, this whole process, so I've got a, a, an amazing business partner, mm -hmm sold out of his company for a lot of money. Yeah. The chap that I, I interviewed last week, he want, he's now mentoring me. Oh, cool. Which is amazing. Yeah. And he called me and asked me to mentor me, which I found was unbelievable awesome. yeah. because he's like, you, somebody- in Doesn't the, need to. Yeah. He didn't need to do it, but he no. said like somebody that has the skills that you have and has the capacity that you have and understanding of things that you have, you should be wealthy. Yeah. And for me, I'm not trying to become wealthy. I'm trying to become as free as I can. Mm. And for me, freedom is not being able to get on a jet no. and fly to fucking Dubai with my feet up on in business class. And like, I'd love to try that, Yeah, but I don't need that to be the metric. No, The metric for me is if my debit card says no, right? And like, if my kids want trainers, does my debit card say no here or not? Yeah. Don't want it to ever say no. Mm. So that means my earning capacity only needs to be just about into probably five figures yeah. a month. Yeah. Which in this day and age isn't a massive feat. No, it's not. Yeah. So, and I, you know, for me to learn from you, the things that I'm, I'm so interested about is how you've taken your social platforms from mm. where they were to where you have, because you've made brownies a viable business. Yes. Now, albeit phenomenal brownies, you've made it a viable business. You've mm. also, you're, if somebody's thinking brownie, they're thinking John Lashley. They're oh, thinking Brooklyn Brownie. Yeah, they're, they're thinking <laughs> exactly. Brooklyn Brownie, right? Yeah, usually. Um, 
it, I just want to know as much information as you've got in your brain that, that you could share with myself and the audience mm. as to what you feel are key elements of a successful journey from start to finish. finish. Talk about from yeah. like zero inception. Yeah, yeah, inception exactly. to here. Um, well, pivoting on the weekend when we pivoted fully from digital to what we are uh, today it was, I still remember the Monday, you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, cool, showed Leo the artwork. And he was like, yeah, let's go with that color space and everything. Um, and we- How old was he at the time? 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when your kid's like, mm, yeah. <laughs> as casual as yeah. that. Yeah, was, All right, Dad, maybe I won't change this. You're like, okay, kid. <laughs> you know how many years I got on me? Um, but yeah, he's, he's always been uh, such a good little rock to like bounce things off of. Um, we- started that kind of running because we had to, I needed Leo. I needed to be around for Leo. Um, and Leo needed to know where dad was all the time because around that time, um, his mother, who is a forensic psychiatric nurse, she committed suicide. Um, and she took her own life. We did not know she was suffering. No one knew she was suffering. That was a huge ripple that happened within all families. We were separated at the time and uh, it was painful. It was the weekend that I had Leo uh, this, she, that this happened. Yeah. Leo's mum. Yeah. So the weekend I had Leo, uh, it was all planned. Um, I picked him up at one that day. It was odd. I had to pick him up at one. Had to pick him up at that time. Picked him up at that time, went off, did the Costco thing, da 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 da, the standard things before we head back to Northampton. And around five o'clock, I started just, my phone started just, blah, 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 blah. Can you talk? picking it up. It's uh, Leo's brothers. Um, have you heard from mom? And I'm just like, what? 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 Yeah. Cause yeah, I, it's my time with Leo. Like, what's, what's going on? And then, yeah, it was just this, this police on the phone suddenly. And I'm like, this is real. This is real. Um, and yeah, she, um, I think around seven o'clock they found her body and it was actually in a hotel just down the road here. Um, and uh, yeah, she left, Letters for everyone. Left a letter for me, Leo, her brother, his brothers, uh, the paramedics, the police officers, uh, the coroner. Um, she was that meticulous. Um, and the sad reality is just what you were talking about finances. All you want is to be able to get ahead and never worry. Um, as a nurse, she was let down significantly. Um, and yeah trying to make ends meet, getting into arrears and everything else, um, and being too proud to ask or to insinuate or whatever, you know what I mean? Because maintenance was there, um, significant amount. It was good. Um, it's just, once again, just communication, man, because when I go back into everything I felt at that point in time, uh, yeah, I'm just like, bro, uh, I just wish we would have communicated more. And once again, it's human nature, us being able to communicate effectively and open up. I know how hard it would have been for her to do that because she is a very proud woman. She worked every day of her life almost, you know what I mean? There's never been a point when she was without a job. Um, and she worked her way up from cleaner to leader, team leader, forensic psychiatric nurse, mate. Mm. And it's, it's mad. Um, and then to the fact where you just ain't making enough money to be able to live in Milton Keynes and, you know, provide for your children as a single mother. Um, and the only way you see out is out, out. It's so much better. It's so much better. And, and, and I've experienced that where, 
you know, a lot of times in my life I have been close to the wire and it's been very difficult. And it's like, it's the, the world is set up incorrectly is set up in a way that we are going to struggle and hearing that it's just people- to grind everybody, mate. The world's set up to grind the, the, the grind people. That's it. It's the hard cast. So, so many people yeah. log out. I mean, we, yeah. we're, um, we're part of a men's mental health group over here called the man cave. And do you know what? There's been guys that would come and say in meetings and they were like, look, I was in the car and I was planning ending it all. And I saw a post on Instagram yeah. said yeah. about it and yeah. they've come to the meeting and they're still here. That's it. And, you know, to hear that you've experienced that and I've been privy to people mm-hmm. know, doing this, 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 this stuff. It's, it's scary. Particularly I felt that, you know, there was a time uh, in 2018, 22nd yeah. of May, 2019 it was. Um, I'd just come off a major relapse. I was, f- I, I'd lost everything. Okay. Like, I'd abandoned my, my partner. I'd abandoned everyone. I'd just disappeared off, drove around in my car all night, thinking the police were following me. I just had this horrible night. I climbed a tree thinking the police dogs were chasing me. Fell out and had a big cut at my leg. I've been walking around the village until like eight o'clock in the morning and I got home. And um, I got on my knees and I prayed. I'm not going to make it. I can't do this anymore. I'd, my, you know, I'd alienated everybody. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go and pick up the dog from my, my, yeah. my partner. Um, I didn't turn up. So she had to get her friend around because they were all going on holiday. So, you know, she's in the airport worrying about me, What's where I've on? gone, where's the dog. Like, it's just horrible thing. And I just didn't want to be here anymore. And I really didn't want to be here anymore. But I had that coin, coin to toss. Mm. So I stay or go and I prayed. And for the first time, my, my own experience of God in, in, in his whatever form it is, yeah. was like, I ain't going you yet. Ain't going. You yeah. ain't going yet. And I didn't. And I fought through a lot since that day to get to where I am today. And I've been through loads of ups and downs. Um, but I just, I just feel like it's so important to share this message with people that you aren't, what's happening now. No. Yes. You are not what's happening now. Yeah. You are capable of becoming everything you want to be. Mm-hmm. You just have to accept the current position you're in. Also look at the parts of you that have created that. Yes. And then open yourself up to being helped or speaking to someone. Oh, 100%, dude. And that to me, if it was important, I'm, I'm so sorry that you guys have, have had to go through all that. This is what we talk about there. And this is why we're open about it. We talk about it. We created that. We sort of, I think we did our life in about uh, 30 seconds, even in our animation, mm-hmm. uh, the visual effects animation that we did. It talks about it because it's too taboo and I'm sick of it. And that's how we lose friends, family, because they don't think they can open up or tell somebody about their feelings or whatever else. And all I pray for is that everyone is able to open up if they are going down that dark path, because I don't want to guilt it. The ripples that ensue when you go, it's, 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 it's just exponential. It just keeps going. The ripples are insane and it affects so many people. Um, It's just, hold on and open up to someone close or not even someone close, you know, message somebody. We've had yeah. people DM us, dude, who we didn't really know. You know what I mean? They were customers or as a customer, they just 
press buy and they have the product. But they DM us, I heard your story and I was feeling X, Y, Z. And I saw the outcome that what you and your son have been able to do and build. And I'm just like, oh my God, hold on, let me get it. What's your phone number? And we have a chat. Da, da, da. And it was just like, it's, helps. And this is why we open up and we talk about our story, man. Um, don't feel ashamed. If you're feeling these feelings, talk to someone who loves you. I think the thing to remember, and I think that we can all sort of identify with, and I think a lot of us struggle with, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Every single one of us are exactly the same thing. We all fell out of another person a certain period of time ago. And we've all, we're all walking around pretending like we're not all doing the same thing. Yeah. We're all trying to fucking figure this thing out at the same time. Mm. Now, it's not necessarily anybody's fault that they're feeling the way they're feeling. And no. it's probably validated as well. Mm. But the truth is, is that there's always a way beyond that. Yes. If you can find someone to just go and express that to, and you don't even have to have a solution. Sometimes expressing it is mm. the solution. Yeah. Like, I'm just exhausted on this, I'm that. This isn't going right. This isn't happening. This wasn't work for me. She's left me. This heartbreak, yes. yeah. this feeling, oh, I don't like myself. I don't look good. I don't, like, it's all this stuff. Mm. Nobody loves me. Oh, yeah, fine. In this moment, you feel that. But feelings are not real, mm. right? Because if feelings were real, you would feel what I was feeling and I would feel what you were exactly. feeling. Exactly. Right? <clears throat> they are imagined inside it's like a sensation in the body. Mm. You're getting triggered by something. If you stop for a minute and look at the trigger and say, what is this? What is it? Yeah. I was abandoned when I was a child. I was this, I was that. There's just loads of it. Yes. Like unpick the knots. It's hard work. It's like um, every year you go to get your Christmas lights out. But <laughs> like last year, what you've done is you've yeah, wrapped all wrapped the Christmas all lights up and you've tied them all up. You've stuck them in a bag at the top of the loft. Mm. Your job is to get the lights out and your job is to get them undone. And it's going to take, it could take you two days, three days. And if you've got to change 50 bulbs out of a hundred, if you do that and you hang them up on the house, mm. you're going to have a beautiful home. hundred percent. You know, it's yeah. the, it's that you've got, that's the work yeah. for me. It's a bit of work. Yeah. But you definitely support it is needed. You know? I think that in this world, it's my, part of this whole journey for me as well is like, for me to create financial success and commercial success, I have to create, create emotional success mm. and, and the person that I need to be. So I'm on a healing journey alongside yeah. a business journey mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and an educational journey. Yes. And I'm trying to encompass all three things. Mm. And I'm, I'm so glad that you touched on what you've touched on. And it's, yeah. it's a privilege to hear how, how well you guys have come through the other side of that and the impact you're <laughs> having with it. Because well, with, yeah, with, with that though, they have to pivot so quickly mm-hmm. uh, because no longer creative consulting, going to London, disappearing for a while. I then had Leo full time. He came back to the family home. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely had to do something that we could do from home. I say we, because it's us, both of us now. I had to do something that we could do both from home. And these brownies were incentive treats for the team. Was this all about the same time that, sorry, that you'd left the job? Uh, Did you, that walked out of the interview? Yes, all around the same time, time mate. Wow. Yeah, all around the same time. Um, and yeah, this all happened. And uh, started it. And the craziest thing is our neighbor was the first person to, you know, you just start a Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> Take a picture of a few brownies. You're just like, okay, I made these things. Um, we name it Brooklyn Brownie. Why do we name it Brooklyn Brownie? Once again, my advertising background, you know, working for Coke and all these other things. I was like, oh, should we make it Lashley's brownies? Should we make it Johnny's brownies? Leo's brownies? Um, and I was like, I get a freebie if I make something that people associate with something grand. 
you know, Brooklyn. Most people know Brooklyn. Everybody in the world knows Brooklyn. So I get a freebie. I, I, I get the ball rolling. I sound bigger than I actually am. I'm just a date in the house with my son. Um, and with that, we popped up the Facebook page and we started to get the website going. And when we popped up the Facebook page, people on our, because I've got like thousands of friends because the whole Mr. She thing yeah, <laughs> on yeah. my Facebook, people started joining. Oh, what is this, John? What's this? <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is interesting. What are these like special brownies? I was like, no, you know, the Brooklyn brownies. They, uh, we traveled around. We didn't really like the brownies that were in this country. They're a bit too gooey, blah, blah, blah. Brownie is actually an American product that is brought, you know, sent all over the, all over the world. Uh, and most people don't really get it right in my mind. Mind, at least in Leo's mind. Um, so our neighbor, she purchased, I think, 12. And then the cool thing was she's a child minder. And then the ball mate. It wasn't it was like within a day. Really? There was suddenly bing, 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 order, 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 order. Cause they'd come and they go, What's this thing? It's a Brooklyn brownie. I got it from there. What's a Brooklyn brownie? Oh, it's a real brownie. Oh, okay, cool. I want some for the kids. Bang, 12 pack, 12 pack, 12 pack. And then uh, in our court, it just started to happen like that. We had somebody who was uh, lived next to us, um, Jen and Martin, and she worked in a school as well. She ordered some, and then she put it on her Facebook. All her little, you know what I mean, like uh, school friends and school teachers. Oh my goodness, where'd you get that from? And then the infection spread. <laughs> it was just like that's that. it, mate. It was as infectious and cool and organic as that. It was like the court that we lived in because you've gone, you've come to me to pick up oh, brownies yeah. before. It was as tight knit and as awesome as that. And I couldn't have the, two, I couldn't have had two better people, um, females who had access to families, yeah. um, and women being the per, the head purchasers within those families, um, try our products first, because when we go into the back end of our social media, I think we have 85% female, um, and it's the demographic is 24 to like 45 or something like that. And it's perfect. Mother age, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, so I didn't even realize that at that point, but it worked. And then we're like, oh, cool. And then we have to put, put out contact pictures, I mean, of, of what we're creating, pictures every day, Instagram, 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 um, and just firefighting on Facebook and chatting with people. Oh, how do I do this? How about a payment? And we're just trying to figure out what do we do? You know, how do we get the payment? Oh, okay, PayPal at first. And then we do this, we do that. You know, all the things got to juggle. Um, um, because we didn't have the website yet. Uh, and then how do we get this to this person? Oh, we got to hand deliver it. All right, we got to drive it somewhere in Northampton, you know what I mean? And boom, so we started doing that. And then we're going into a lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? What is this lockdown thing? And yeah, man, so it was like, and we're like, how are we going to do this? But we did it. I mean, within, after that night, and everybody was supposed to be at work, I think we woke up to... 60 orders 60 yeah because it was just like we were like okay trickles during the day it was cool like that ticking on but yeah we woke up from that speech the next day and we were like oh this is weird and then it was after that it was just like every day was roughly around that and we were like this is weird and then people in northampton did just love 60 the fact orders that's a lot of uh, yeah, yeah. boxes of six or 12 12 we didn't do Boxing six at that 12. point. Yeah. And we were just like, ah, <laughs> not even That's commercial. A lot of- Mate, not even commercial mixtures at that point in time. It was just like a whole bunch of kitchen aids. Like, eh. um, and we were just running around like headless chickens, um, getting it done. But the handy thing about that time. 60 it, times 12. Yeah. So around that time, everybody doing the clap and everybody's so supportive. People got behind us, man, because mm. radio got behind us. Um, I think we had a nice little article in their local chronicle. Yeah. So more people, it was just, everybody was invested in their neighbor. And it felt like almost, I have to say the eighties again, everybody was like, yeah, you do this. Nah. And we were able to get around the whole 
um, can't really come out of the house thing because we were delivering. I was delivering, you know what I mean? So I'd go, oh, well, masked up and run around and deliver the stuff. And uh, I remember one night me and Leah were delivering up until like 12 o'clock at night. And uh, it was crazy. And But people were happy. They were like, you know, no, but they didn't want going to work. <laughs> I mean, they just had money in their bank account. They weren't going to the gym. And they were just like, oh, this is amazing. Brownies. The family's going to be so happy. <laughs> Brownies. This is the most weird thing ever. You know, you do the extra American thing. And they were just like, thanks. Um, and yeah, we just had nothing but good reviews and word of mouth. But 60 a day in terms of orders, right? It's like roughly 72, uh, no, 720 brownies yeah. a go, yeah? Yeah. Right? Even that, thinking about that, right, with the vo- volume of people that are available potential yep. buyers mm. in this area is a very low Small, figure. Tiny it's amount. Tiny, tiny amount. amount. Yeah. So when you think about it- Not that much. It's not that much. No, not that much. But it-, it <laughs> It clears the money. It clears, it clears the money, what you need, yeah. But it's not a um, a, a problem you're solving. No, 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 not at all. It's a, um, it's a need you're catering mm, to. That's it. It's a desire you're catering mm. to. Because, like, let's say Yuma's Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk to those lads as well. Mm. Phenomenal business. Yep. Burgers are next level. Like, I'm still yet to find one that beats it. I've like, all around the country. No, yeah, I, I can't find, find it. one that beats yeah. it. Um. And I'm probably going to snip this out. and send this <laughs> The thing is, what I say about that is there's so many people in Northampton who go, oh, you got to love Yimmers. Oh, you got to love Flavor Trail. You got to love Moo Hatch. You got to love this one. You got to love, you know, AJ. You got to love so-and-so. And I say, they're all different burgers. So mm. please just shut up. Because oh, AJ food. Man. Yeah. You got things like this, mate. You've got what I call Yimmers Kitchen. They're right now kings of the smash patty. They are kings of the smash patty. Please don't go into that game because they got it on lock. You know what I mean? End <laughs> up. I've gone around the country. I've tried different things. Tasty, yes. But these guys, and I know why, because Yasser is insane about taste, texture, temperature, and how it goes down. And he's done his research. And he and I could talk for hours because we're very similar individuals. Mm-hmm. I'm psycho about that with taste and texture. As you bite into our brownies, it has to be a certain way. Same way he is about his burgers. Yeah. Right. Now we move on from smash patties and you start to go in to the mid-tier burger. And then you have that area where you have a Foodie, a Moo Hatch, Flavor Triller, and they're more of a gourmet burger. Uh, and then there are other people who try to come into that. And then you had the old school people, well, trailers, who are the, you know, I'm not going to say the Booker's Burgers or whatever yeah. else, but I got a frozen patty here, throw it on the grill, and there you go. They're along, they're, they're, they're from the past. It's over for those guys yeah, yeah. because people get it. Unless I'm at a festival or a fairground where you're and trapped, that's, only that's the what only is, thing yeah. that's there. That's the only way. And this is even the most common man. They're going to go, they're going to eat it. Mm. Where before 10 years ago, everybody, oh, it's a burger. It's oh, a really good bur- burger. Onions, really please. good yeah, burger yeah. onions, right? Mm. Nowadays, they're, they're carnosaurs. Most people understand what a tasty burger is. Mm. Um, but there are different levels of burgers. You got the smash patties, you got the gourmet burger, and then you got the mid-tier burger and stuff like that. And in Northampton um, and Milton Keynes, we actually do have a plethora of really talented people. It's, 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 it's wonderful to watch when what I find the most amazing thing is is when a, an idea, like you watch Yuma start in this little kitchen. Yep. <laughs> And his mom's kitchen. Yeah, his mom's kitchen. Yep. And then it's just, inv- now he's got two, he's got one in Milton Keynes, one here. They're yeah, about to open third. Third, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're killing it, right? Mm. And they're young lads. Yeah. Right? And then the collaborative side of Brooklyn Brownies. Mm. Now, you, this is where I think you're particularly smart, yeah. is you know, right, I'm going to find some nice food spots in town mm. and I want to work with these people. 100%. Yeah? Like, you did a little bit of work with me. Mm. Um, and honestly, I'd put the brownies out. 
right? And on an industrial estate, yeah. which people are used to, those shitty burgers, I know, yeah? I, know, yeah. I was doing <clears throat> fresh butcher's burgers. I, I was doing yeah. proper food because mm. I loved it. Yep. Um, I made this burger called The Spaniard and it had crispy chorizo and yeah. fried onions and it was just like... What's you, different about you? You were passionate. I loved it, in the, yeah. in, the, in the burger van. Even yeah. the aesthetic of yeah. your thing, this is the only reason why we worked with you because yeah. there was a guy down the road who had a, another little van or whatever else and it was just like, you're a dirty burger van mm. and I'd come to yours and I was like, you thought about the shed. You mm. thought about the fake, you know, um, like yeah. almost like a shipping, a shipping container, container. Yeah. and it was like, you turned this basic thing into something that looked aesthetically pleasing and then on top of that, your menu was awesome and I went, right, this guy wants to do something so we will do the brownie deal. Yeah, well, th- this was this was what was interesting for me was that was my family business yeah. for thirty five years. My nan set that up wow. when, like, yeah, it must have been thirty five years ago. Yeah. My dad had it for twenty five. You told me, yeah, right. Yeah. So when I took it over, and I only had it for a year, mm. and I took it over, and it was just like in the first week because I pushed it out there, and it was during COVID. Yep, but because I was a takeaway, I could get away with it, and it was exactly. fine. All the all the pubs and bars were closed. Mm. I was. It was just like I, I couldn't cook quick. You couldn't quick keep enough. up. I no. couldn't. It was too busy. Yeah. And then I needed a griddle, and, I, and then I couldn't. I couldn't fit a bigger one in there, and all of this stuff. Like it was just a crazy experience. Yeah. And you know, I thought oh, I've cracked it here. And then you know, all the pubs reopened, and then all the yeah. prices went up, and then yeah. everything was just really difficult for me. But the brownies would go on the counter and they would go out. No, no, yeah. And what I was saying is like, when you're selling a brownie on that, an industrial estate, mm. my mum and dad used to sell these cakes and they were like a pound. Yeah. And they'd be these sweaty little cakes <laughs> and this plastic <laughs> thing and it yeah, just yeah. be grim, right? Yeah. And, I'd have lorry drivers who come up and they look at the price of my burgers. And bear in mind, I wasn't overly competitive. No. I, like, I wasn't out of the price range. You weren't, everywhere you weren't, else. No. I wasn't, I just got higher, higher quality stuff. I got better roles. I'd done what I'd done better. Right. Um, and the brownies would still sell yeah. because people were like, oh no, I know, I know these Brooklyn brownies will yeah. get them from humans. Yeah. And I'm like, like, I would get messages like that burger was one of the nicest I've had in a long time. Mm. And I'm like a little burger van on an industrial estate. Yeah. But what I've got from all of that is I know that that's not for me. And and I, and I hope this is received and not not received by you, but by the audience in in the in the nicest way possible. I'm quite an articulate and deep person. I love to talk, which is why I've got a podcast, and which is why I love doing 100%. it. Um, the depth and the range of conversation that you can achieve on a industrial estate mm. is not. What you would get, like, I'd get guys coming up and it'd just be like, I've been in traffic all day and just moaning about being in a lorry. And I don't blame them for that, but it was like, after a while, you start to notice that the the impact of the people that you spend the most time with, you're getting this. You're a sponge. uh, You're starting to absorb it. Oh, God. It's like, I started to realize, like, I wanted to, I wanted to communicate with people. I wanted Mm -hmm. to do something that's, useful and yeah. um, I wanted to ask you a question actually because my experience of the whole universe I don't know how you feel about this stuff but I I have a belief mm. I have a faith and I have a belief and I one of the key elements of that belief is that when you are doing the thing that is the most organic and authentic to you mm-hmm. everything will open up for you right and it sounds as though that when the brownie thing started Almost like it was a complete accident. Yeah. 
but within two doors reach mm. were the exact people that you needed to open the door to a marketplace that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, mm. not overnight, but in a very quick period of time, mm. you have a viable business. Yes. You can then t- scale, which you've done successfully. Mm. Yeah. And mm. as a, as a, are you, you guys still sole trader, a limited company? Uh, so sole trader. Yeah. yeah. So, um, to, 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 to reach the levels that you have, um, and obviously I deal with a lot of businesses. I yeah. deal with, um, a lot of business owners because my, my industry is commercial finance. I deal with a lot of business owners that speak to, I see a lot of accounts and I see a lot of bank statements, right? And you see businesses that can get to a certain size. Mm. I've seen businesses turning over multiple, multiple millions. And you look at the money coming in and out, right? Mm. Not a lot of people could take a business from the ground up and make it a stable income for an entire family home. Yeah. And then some, I'm assuming, mm. f- from from nothing. And well, you've done that. Like, what I like to say is, you know, 50 pounds and a plastic fork and a jug. Uh, and that's kind of how we started it. You know what I mean? It's just like, really? yeah, it's just like we we didn't even have a, like a proper mixer. Everything was very calculated because I was just like, is this a, oh, it's in the back of my mind. My mother, it's a stupid idea. Are you going to ruin the house? Are you going to do this? You know what I mean? What, what's going on? So it wasn't like, and what I was always worried about because my mother used to dabble in business and she'd mm. go get things. My sister as well, my older, older sister, she'd get some, they get a lot of product in and they would be terrible marketers. They wouldn't know how to get it out. So my head was, everything has to be lean, 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 lean. And almost I'm selling intellectual property. Um, so that was the biggest thing. So I was just like, let's try to do this as lean as we possibly can, uh, see if it'll work mm-hmm. and pivot if it doesn't. Uh, but it worked and we just chased that ball while I was rolling. And would you say now that Brooklyn Brownie's journey has reached a, a level where you're comfortable or are you thinking of expanding like what is there got any goals for the business as you move 100%, forward yeah we we definitely want to expand uh multiple food trucks we have a food truck right now uh that does very well we've done formula one we've done all the whole silverstone gamut uh we're going to be starting to do more large-scale events next year so we do want to get maybe three to four of the food trucks uh and get that going the biggest thing is letting go of the reins. And I'm sure you know this. It's like when you hire on somebody to help you or whatever else, you're kind of like, do they have the same ethos? Um, are they going to be able to manage the the system as you do? Because the other thing is, our brownies are good. Our brownies are multiple award winning. But at the end of the day, people come to see myself and Leo. Uh, and we've had that at the food truck. Uh, now, recently, last night we had a, uh, where's Liberty? We had that at like, 20% of the time. So yeah. we're like, are we really going to have a baby in this food truck? Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of laws against this. I think there might be a few, you know what I mean? I got away with this 12 year old here. You know what I mean? He's 16 now. You know, it was, it was awkward last year. I think this year passed um, Silverstone. They wanted IDs at Liz Leo's birthday just before Formula One. And we had to get an ID just, you know what I mean? Really? A few days after. And they were like, yeah, he ain't getting in if he's not, you know, 16. And we're like, oh, how are we going to do this? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we got the post office thing, you know, the digital one. And they, we showed it. And they're like, oh, you, you, and they all started clicking. They're like, hold on, you were, <laughs> 
30. <laughs> like, you've been doing uh, this for a few Yeah, years. you've been doing it for a minute. And we're like, uh, we ain't going to talk about this. <laughs> it's in the past, leave <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, it was just so funny because the way he acts, the kid acts like a mini version of me, man, and I absolutely love him. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, we're happy where we are right now. We are going to scale. Uh, many people are like, are you going to have a shop? Are you going to have multiple shops? Um, no. At the end of the day, what I would actually like is a huge dark kitchen slash facility, which churns out 50,000 brownies a week, if not more, you know what I mean? And we stock know, maybe like 20 or 30 places around the country. So there's, there's, um, and this is why I love talking to entrepreneurs and mm. entrepreneurial because that there is a structured goal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like what I normally do with the, with the business is sort of go, right, how are we going to get you there? Because oh, normally, mm-hmm. like let's say you're buying four trucks. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's ways of doing that where you can kit them out, get them all yeah. done and dusted and 100%. have them become cash flowing assets for you. Yep. Um, the, the fear that I get from a lot of business owners is like, what do you mean? I've got to employ someone mm. to do what I do. Yeah. They're not going to be able to do that. Mm. And realistically, the brand, the branding is the pillar. Yeah. So the attention to, but they don't always expect they, well, they, they, they might hope for, mm to see the baby or to see Liberty or to see you yeah, or yeah. to see Leo, which inevitably at times they will. Yeah. hundred percent. But it's because the product's so good as well mm. that it, it allows for that to function. So yes. you've really got, um, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see how that sort of takes shape. And I'd be cool to sort of um, talk through the process with you at some point, you know, see what you're actually, because what, what a lot of business owners, not suggesting you, a lot of business owners do is they go, right, I want to do this, but I don't know how, or I do know how, and yeah. I'm, there's a lot of other stuff that I don't know yes. how I'm going to do. And I love, I love that exercise. Mm. I love that as an a exercise yeah. because you can go, because what we, what I tend to do, and the whole reason I have a business is, um, I work in commercial finance, right? And all the advertising that's available in the world is like, do you want a loan? Do you want asset finance? Do you want this? Right? It's just selling, yeah? And it's just fill the form out, blah, 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 right? What I say, what I want to do is say, right, if you're a business owner and you've made it to a ceiling of quarter of a million turnover a year, Mm. you've hit this this ceiling and you want to go to the level above, do you you, you have a real plan for that? Mm. If you have a real plan for that, do you realize that there are things out there that can bring that to fruition quicker? Yeah. You can plug in various sources of other people's money mm-hmm. to create the environment where you've got the assets working. Like I did it with a taxi firm not so long back. He was That's like, right. he, um, he, he had a, he's turning, he's turning over quite a lot. And he, he asked me for 50 K and I said, well, what's the 50 K for? And well, to do this and this. And I said, right. If we're funding something, you can only really fund once mm-hmm. in this moment. So I said, what do you really want to do? And he yeah. said, well, I'd like to do this and this and that. And I said, well, what would that cost? And he said, well, 75-ish. And I said, right, do you know what the monthly payments are on that? And he was like, no. And I told him and he was like, that's less than I thought. That's less than what I thought it was for 50. I said, right then. So mm. we got him 75 yeah. and I called him after the first week and he said, I've, I've managed to buy another taxi firm a small one with six vehicles. Those six vehicles are earning him enough money to pay the monthly payment. So he's got 51 grand left 
to plow into his yeah. business, all the marketing, yeah, all yeah, the infrastructure, yeah. um, a, a new MOT ramp. Like yeah. and he, he was like, the the whole concept about taking funding is like we we worry about interest and we worry about all of that sort of side of things and really it's a fee exactly the whole game we are all charging a fee any business any shop you go in you it's don't go how yeah. much money you making on this Kit Kat no like <clears throat> how, how much you making on this lottery ticket how much you like how much you making on a brownie like yeah. nobody cares no. yeah but what we tend to look at is if somebody lends you loads of money yeah. How much are you taking out of this? Your job is to turn that into more money. 100%. Yeah. If I give you 100K, yeah. are you going to turn that into two? And if, if, if you are, you're taking the profit above mm. what you paid back. 100%. And you can save money if you pay back early. Yeah. Like this, I love these conversations because people are like, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could do that. And mm. like a manufacturing company I work with, he only wanted 250 grand. I managed to get him 500. He called me back two weeks later and he said, I've just bought all my stock at 25% cheaper because I could buy in higher volumes. Exactly. Yeah. And he bought two new machines. They're cash flowing assets because they earn more money. And he was like, he he said to me, he had had 210 grand Mm. left, right? After all of those cash flow and he had all his stock and the new cash flowing assets were paying the payment. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the dream you know, right yeah. so what we have to understand is that when you buy your home mm-hmm. you buy the home you look on the mortgage document on that mortgage document it says you're going to pay five percent interest yeah? yeah but over 30 years right so what you look at is the total repay mm-hmm. the monthly repayment over 30 years will mean you you totally repay yeah it's normally about double. Pretty so much, if you buy yeah. 200, you're paying back 400, yeah. yeah? And in 20 years, you hope your house is worth yeah, 400. Much, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> so we think, oh, the market will go up. We've got an asset. You're yeah. saving it now. That's yeah. all you're doing. That's you're cool. lending the bank the cash, the money. Like you're paying, they're, they're, they're lending you that, but you're yeah. repaying 100%, them double. Yeah. Right. And it goes along with inflation anyway. So why is it, do we always look at debt in a certain a negative, way yeah. because the debt we, we're used to and what we're conditioned to do and what we're conditioned with is credit card with a 33% fucking interest yeah, rate yeah. that we have no problem buying a Rolex on or fucking loads of shitty clothes or a holiday yeah. and then worrying about how we're going to repay that out of the same cash flow from our income every month, which hasn't changed. No. Yeah. You're lucky you get a pay rise. Even if you get a five grand pay rise, it's 400 quid a year before tax. Do you know what I mean? You're getting 250 a month yeah, extra. Exactly. You're like, like what? what? Five yeah. grand? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, doesn't. So the objective is, and from what I can see it as, and having worked in that industry, is using other people's money to make more money mm. is the most powerful thing. Every single buy-to-let property has leveraged the bank's money. Yeah, to make money. For you to, like, even if it's 200 quid, you put the deposit in, you do the house up, you refinance, oh. you pull the as much of your deposit back out as you can, mm. and you've got a house that's paying you like 300 quid profit a month. Yeah. Get 10 of them, all of your personal expenses are mitigated. They're gone, yeah. They're gone forever, yeah. indefinitely. And you've got all the equity in the properties. So every time you reach a certain point of equity, you pull that Cash out, out. <laughs> do it again. Yeah. 
pull it out, do it again. And the guy that I was speaking to last week, he, and at the end of the podcast, he said, I know you want to know this. He said, I would never have got my business to 95 million a year if I didn't use somebody else's money. Mm. I have managed to get in the exit that he made. The game is like Monopoly. Yeah. We're trying to build out the board. So everything that happens is a cash flowing exercise. More mm. money comes back. The business that you have is paying you more and more. You'll reach a ceiling. Yeah. Your cash flow will inhibit you to grow because you've, you've, you've to expand. Yeah. You've either got to lay it all out on one thing. Gamble Let's say out, you yeah. buy a truck. Exactly. You've got, a, you've got 30 in the bank. You put it all out on the truck. You've then got to wait for the truck to repay you. Yeah. Less expenses, mm. which could take two years. Yeah. So then if you use somebody else's money and that's, let's say it's 500 a month, you have to pay for the asset, mm-hmm. but you're earning two grand a month. You're at 1500 quid profit from day one. one. Yeah. You're good. Anyway, I've got a big rant about that <laughs> stuff because I love it. And I love talking. This is why I love talking to it's entrepreneurs. Good, I mean, but the funniest thing was, uh, and I'm happy it happened last night because we did the Wooten Festival fireworks and uh, we had, some of the boys from Yuma's come down. Yeah. Uh, and it was Mo. He's the business side of the family. Smart, yeah. So he came down and he was like, oh, John, where's fireworks? I was like, come and see us, man. So he came and the, he, he popped up under the back of the thing because he was like, mate, I can't stand on that line. So I just hooked him up with some stuff. And he was like, call me. We're buying a food truck. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, bro, I've been telling you this for the past four years. <laughs> and he was like, I had to see it for myself. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he's, I gave him a call when we got back home. I think I got home, well, had family time. And then around midnight, I gave him a ring because he's always up. And he's like, mate, my head's just been bing, 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 bing. He's like, the numbers. He's like, the numbers are just stupid that we haven't done it. And I was like, yeah, he's like, so we're going to have a chat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can buy, if you can buy stuff like, if you can buy vehicles and like you get them out onto sites. The money you can, like, if you're thinking of a sweaty patty that's been made from, like, bookers that you can sell for seven yeah, quid, yeah? yeah? And that's 40 pence worth of burger meat, yeah. which is barely even meat. Nothing, yeah. Yeah? And you put a smash patty out on a site like that that mm. you do on high volume, thin patties, they cook yep. quick. You Gorgeous. Big yeah. grill, nice, you know, you can churn... Like the turnover you can do in an hour. Yeah, it's mad. And if you've got a big enough serving window Mm. and the competency of the staff. Yes. A simple menu, Mm. which theirs is, and yours is is already pre-done. We're just passing out pre-made products. Ping, ping, ping. It's it's literally just a cash-taking exercise. What I did was when we decided to go, oh, let's go mobile or whatever else, or well, let's create this business, I took my digital pipeline and how I'd be efficient with creating somebody's digital platform or pipeline, and I went, let's make it physical, and let's see how we can make things quicker. And with our lines, that's what everybody usually says. They're like, how are you doing this so quick? You know what I mean? And it's just like, because myself and Leo, we just... Through trial and error, and not long time trial and error, it usually takes one gig to go, right, we're changing this, changing that, changing that, changing that, uh, our processes to make them as efficient as they are. And that's how we get our lines to go down quicker. That's how we get, you know, customer service is always identical. It's perfect. Um, and we don't really have any screw-ups, you know what I mean? And it's just down to that. Do you know what I think in these sort of environments as well is people are aware that there's going to be a queue. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. People know that they're going to be queuing, mm. right? And sometimes and the British are good at queuing. We were a fucking experts, <laughs> right? but the, the, we're, we're used to a queue. Yeah. But also, we're not adverse to a queue. No. If the thing you want is at the end of the queue, yeah, yeah. like if, if I'm on site now, here's the thing: if I want fresh donuts, mm. I like the fresh 
Fairground yeah, Donuts. Yeah, They're yeah. my favourite. Yeah? yeah, there were two doors down from us yeah. last night. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't know how long I'm prepared to queue for. Mm. Right. Okay. Until I'm in the moment, yeah. like, does that make sense? I know. If I look at the queue, I'm like, mm, mm. maybe I will or I won't. And sometimes the queue being too long yeah. is a thing. But if you're observing the queue yeah. and it's going down at a rate is, that is almost audible. Yeah. Like, let's say you've got two people mm-hmm. serving and it's like ding, 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 ding tap, yeah. tap, tap, right? And that queue is going down just at a nice steady pace. You'll realise the guy in the red jacket that was there is now here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that's how I play it. Because yeah. I'm, at, my, at yeah, heart, I'm yeah. a big foodie. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll look at a queue and I'm like, that hasn't moved yeah. for ages. I'm definitely not committing to no, that because no. I don't know how long it's going to make it to take me to get yeah. past there. And then if I put in that initial there. investment of my time standing on there, I'm going to have to be locked in. Yeah. I'm going to lock myself yeah. in. Yeah, once you get past a certain yeah, yeah, yeah. point, you, you gotta can't stay. give up. You gotta stay. I've got, I'm not going to give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's painful. But how is it, like, there's got to be a way to... improve that process or... And then, I mean, the thing is, that's what honing is all about. Yeah. yeah. So before it was tiern, it was this, it was that, it was quickly mixing things. Uh, it was, uh, well, we still have the scoop ice cream. We're going to change that to an ice cream machine. Um, the only issue with that is when you're at Silverstone, that could get you in trouble. Uh, so that's the only reason why we haven't put an ice cream machine in. It's almost like an ice cream machine. No, but they're, they're always breaking. No, no, no. But then I'm saying there's like an ice cream machine mafia made that, right? You know what I mean? They're, really? Yeah. There's, yeah. The guys, they turn over a ridiculous amount of money, the ice cream trucks, and you don't screw with them. They like us because they know that we can't turn their volume. We have the scoop and they're just like, oh, you got brownies and other crap and you just put one scoop with it. Just to, if we put a machine in our thing, our tires will be slashed. No joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and rightfully so, but they, that's their switch and I'm cool with that. We make our little desserts and that's it. But the thing is, every other process that we have within it, because we got our we got our um, machines, our coffee machines, which is coffee, mocha, uh, hot chocolate, ca- uh, cappuccino, all that stuff, all in one. And it takes... 15 seconds to get it done. And that was something that we implemented and we were, damn, this makes our life so much easier. The only thing that takes a long time is uh, refilling the, the cartridge and things of that nature. But the thing is, it's all about the ways to improve efficiency. Uh, yeah, the processes. And once we've done that, I think mm, we have it down to like a minute and a half, uh, even less when somebody just comes up and goes, can I get a three pack? Boom, there you go. Yeah. It's like 20 seconds. Uh, it's the it's the card payment that's the pain in the butt. So we're going to get the star, Starlink, um, the Elon Musk little satellite on top of our roof because then it'll be instantaneous. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, well, that's payments. where the friction is. I mean, yeah. just to move back from where, like when I had the burger van, it was like, right. I knew between eight thirty and nine thirty is me really busy, and then around eleven to two p. eleven to half. You always told me that, yeah. yeah and it, yeah. but like, I would sell out. Yeah, like, and, and I'd turn up with ninety rolls. Gone. Yeah, and yeah. ninety rolls was a lot. Yeah, yeah. One person. Bear in mind, you're cooking, you're making drinks, you're upselling cans. Yeah, because. Upselling is a thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> asking the question, yeah. do you want a drink? Yeah. But asking it is like, um, I used to when I because I when I figured out I could sell, I was working in a not I was working in a nightclub, mm. and then I was I was working behind the bar, and at the end of the night they'd always do our till readings, yeah, and they give us like a list of who was the top, yeah. and there was a, a girl, me and Anna, we were always the top, top by yeah. double. Mm. 
right? So most people would do about eight, 900 quid, yeah, seven, yeah. 800 quid. Yeah. We'd do two grand, easy. Yeah, and we'd definitely. be like two, 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 three. Because me and her, every like we could serve four or five people yeah. because we'd make it a thing. People will come to us because they know they're going to get their drinks quickly. And mm-hmm. it's not about getting the drinks quickly. It's about being engaged yep. quickly. So I'm here, I'm here, and I'm here. There's only a certain combination of drinks. Yeah. So I know I've got to do six vodka Red Bulls. I've got to do, like, so what I've do is I'll line up nine glasses. I've got to do boom, this, boom, this, this, yeah. bang, bang, bang. And I'll get them all out. Well, you're paying this, you're paying this, you're paying this. Do you want a large one? Mm. Not do you want a double? No. Because the word invents cost. There's going to be an inherent cost to that. Yeah. And I'll do that. Do you want yeah. a double? Do you want a large yeah. one? I'll go on. And, like, and you flirt <laughs> with them and you mess That's around. It. And like these little transactions that bump everything up <laughs> would, 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 would yield us so much more on the bar. 100%. And that in, in any business, like when I was working on the van, it was like, right. I would always try and upset, like if, if, if it was getting to the end of the week, yeah, right. I'll tell you what, I've only got a few brownies. So I know how to do scarcity as well. Exactly. Like, I only got a few brownies. I don't know when I'm going to be getting these in again. Yeah. I'll do you a couple for this price. Yeah, yeah. If you want them out the door, yeah. A, because I don't want them leaving over the weekend, no. but B, I'm going to try and push them out. And I could serve seven or eight people at the same time. I could have mm. the griddle stacked from front to back. Yeah. And it's all maths in my head and it's the process, but it was honestly, it was so challenging. Um, I just think people discredit the fact that when you're in the queue Mm. versus being the one serving, the experience is completely different. different. If I'm in the queue, I've asked you for a burger and I want it exactly how I said it, but also I want it in the time frame that I I decide. Yeah. 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 So as soon as I start feeling like this is too long, like I'd get people come up and order and I'd have fucking food left, right and centre. People, Some people would walk off. Oh. I've had a couple of people like literally walk off, oh. right? Because they've waited 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? But they could see there was like 13 other people there. Ahead of them, yeah. It's like, oh, where's my food? I'm like, mate. I'm not McDonald's. Yeah, I'm not McDonald's, oh. but also I'm one human yeah, being one human. in You're, a van. But even so, when I used to look in, when I deliver this stuff to you sometimes, you were an octopus. Yeah. You were just hard like, work. <laughs> my, my dad did it for years. My dad did it for years. And do you know what? I, I've, I, um, I appreciated that time because what I've learned from it all is that I know that I just want to be able to deliver a service. Yeah. I don't want to deliver a product. Mm. What I don't want to do is, 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 for me, it's a service I can, I can on, it's ongoing. Yes. It's a relationship type thing. Mm-hmm. I prefer building relationships with people as opposed to providing a product, but mm-hmm. you have a, you, you, this is where I think branding is so important. You have a relationship with your clients mm-hmm. and your customers through your social media. hundred percent. Yeah. So when they're, buy, they're making the purchase of the product, it's, it's a feel good dopamine hit. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, they know it's directly coming to us. It's yeah. directly supporting this family. It's directly supporting myself and Leah. Yeah. Um, they know the story. Uh, if they don't know the story, it's on the website. Um, they know us. They know the family growth. Uh, they know where we were from the start to the finish. And the, the, the beginning of that is just being open and honest. There was a point, Liam, when I was thinking, when we started it, it's all about marketing. I was like... Do we even show our faces? Yeah. Because all the stuff I had to deal with back in America, you know, being 
I'd be straight being black. Mm-hmm. Um, it has held me back, unfortunately, in certain positions uh, there. And I was just like, oh, do we show who we is are? Is that sort of thing then? <sighs> well, with my sister, yes, even where she is. She makes, what, half a million a year? Um, and yeah, she's, um, it's a bit awkward. You know what I mean? It's just like there are still barriers. Um, but I would say, I thought, well, we're males in a baking industry. And in the first, I think I did tell you, uh, we had a few messages in the start of, you guys don't look like bakers, you know, and things of that nature. And I was just like, what does a baker look like? You know what I, mean? I was just like, hold on. There's a, a baker, a candlestick baker. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Well, we just trolled these Wikipedia, people. Wikipedia, what does a baker look like? So we just used to troll them. Um, and then finally I was like, you know what? None of me. If I can't do this and be who we are mm-hmm. with this business, with everything that's happened, I'm a fraud. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not going to be wearing a suit and a tie or doing whatever. So putting somebody's or putting stock images out of people who supposedly run Brooklyn Brownie. It's just like, no, these are the two guys and little dude, main dude. And this is who we are. But you've branded it so well. Right. So, and, and, and here's what I think you've done fantastically well is even down to the noise you make sometimes that boop, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That is a, is a, is a trait of your videos. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, it, it, I remember the first time hearing it, I was like, what happened then? <laughs> like, what, was what, that? what was that? But it was like, okay, if he does this regularly, I'm in. Yeah. If this happened just once, I'm not going to sleep well. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I like that. Uh, but yeah. it, 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 it's these, and do you know, here's what I think. If, if you watch me start making videos, which yeah. you are watching me do, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll say this for everybody on the, on the, on the, on the camera here. <laughs> All of what I'm doing here and all of what I've been doing is all brand new to me. Mm. And it is very difficult to try and put yourself out there. It's incredibly scary. Yeah. You have no idea. Beginning to the process of putting yourself out into the world in a vulnerable state mm. is very scary, yes. right? The rejection, the fear. And um, what we're worried about is the opinion of a handful of people that know us. Mm. Yeah. But outside of that, to the wider new audience. Think about all of the people that you follow and you, you admire. Yeah. You're not thinking any of the things you think that they're thinking. Does mm. that make sense? Yes. When I started following you, I'm like, this is sick. <laughs> yeah. And what people yeah. will do is they connect with that. But then when people watch me doing what I do, like, who's he think he is? Who's, what is he doing? Mm, yeah. That narrative that I yeah. think in is the back of your mind, yeah. I think is happening. Yes. Yeah. And I've had to accept to myself, like, do you know what? There yeah. are 8 billion other people on this planet I would really love to deliver something useful for them. Mm. Yeah. And if I can by default as a, as an, a consequence of my actions, make a living from that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. hundred percent. I'm not trying mm. to pollute my life with no. loads of money and Rolexes and Range Rovers. Like, don't get me wrong. If I can do that in my life at Good. some point, Honestly. I would like to do mm. that. I think we all would. To a degree. To a degree. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. certain things yeah. make certain people happy. That's like it. I just want to be able to take my laptop anywhere in the world, Dude, yeah. sit down across the table from people, have really authentic chats, send a few emails, have a good few conversations, build really good relationships, deliver a service to my brokers mm-hmm. and deliver a service to my clients. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Enjoy life. And if, if I can build a brand out of that, yeah. amazing. And do you know what? I'm 35. I've officially reached a point where I'm, I've said to myself, you are potentially halfway. Am I really going to let the opinions of people that mm. do not know me well enough to tell me what I should and shouldn't do in my life? 100%, yeah. 
Or am I just going to say, do you know what? I respect you all. I respect your decision to dislike me or not think I'm good enough mm. or have an opinion on what I'm doing. Yeah. But I promise you, I am not going to stop. I will never stop. No. Unless it doesn't work. <laughs> but then the thing is, you with the amount of roles that you've had in your life, you know, you're, you're king of the pivot. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're not an idiot. You know when to go, okay, I've cut my losses. Boom. Next thing. And at least you're that adaptable. There are people who will keep digging that hole and they'll be down at the bottom. Like, eh, Ah, it's just like, and then the flood will start coming in on them. And it's just like, uh Oh, um, where, yeah, I think with your age and the amount of things that you've done and how quickly I've seen you move, you are king of the pivot. And I like that. And people need to be that way nowadays. Otherwise you ain't going to survive, man. You need to be that speedboat. You can't be a cruise liner anymore. Mm. The cruise liner will hit that iceberg where the motorboat is just going to zip around it. And I'd rather be on that speedboat. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's certainly something to me that's because the value structures of an individual was what dictates your capacity to move. If your value is security Mm. and stability and they're the highest things. Yeah. And also you don't want to risk anything. You're going to stay in a job forever and you may earn an extra grand a year, two grand a year here, there and everywhere. And by the time you're 40, you might hit 50, 60 K, which by that time is less. But mate, those jobs are so few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact that corporation, there aren't any corporations really who really go, Oh yeah, we're going to take care of these guys who are into their, oh, you know, their seventies. No, they're just thinking, oh, you're going to be turning over every five years or, you know, yeah. or less. Man. They don't care. They're, yeah. you know, even. Can you solve a problem yeah, for exactly. us? Can, Can we'll we solve a problem for us? And that's it. And we'll, we'll pay you what we believe that problem solving is worth. Mm. And it's just like, there aren't those long old school. Oh, we, I'm going to sell my home to make sure you guys, you know, able to have Christmas this year. Yeah. No, there is no so Scrooge McDuck out. dude anymore. It's just like, yeah, yeah we're going to cut down half the plant. See ya. And that's it. It's just like email or a text. Don't come in. <laughs> it's mad. It's madness yeah. nowadays with things you hear brutal, on news. Brutal. It's and brutal. Looking at the world as well, just thinking like, you know, for me, I look at so many people that I know and, and a common expression that I hear is like, I'm a bit lost. Mm. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no sense of purpose. I've got no sense of direction. And yet they've got like a successful uh, business. What you Construction business. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But to them, it's like there has to be a greater calling for something. Yeah. And for me, the greater calling is to provide a valuable service. And Mm. I don't mean like, um, you know, that's all, that's not all I want. No. I want to be remembered for the relationships that I've built based on the person that I am. And I want people to know me Mm -hmm. as somebody that is not afraid to fucking have a growth. Like I went to the fireworks the other night and some guys are, you're doing really well with your podcast and that. And I'm thinking, oh, fucking (laughs) ain't. But at the same time, yes, actually I'm trying. Yes, you are. That's it. So I'm you're trying. trying. You're trying. And an and effort uh, exuded in the right direction for any period of time mm-hmm. at some point has to yield yes, something. Yes, 100%. Like I can't, you only have to get it right once. Mm. I heard somebody say, you only have to get it right once. I think it was Andrew Tate. I heard Andrew Tate say, you only have to get it right once. Mm. And for me, it doesn't matter who said it, realizing that I only have to get this right once. And for me, right isn't a multi-million pound business. It would be very nice. And if that take, if it goes that direction, I have the capacity to pivot and grow alongside that. That's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. You won't stop me from trying. No. Because I would rather struggle and push myself than go and sit in a job that I don't want to do 
over and over again. Like I've had to think about it. Like, shall I go back to selling cars or motorbikes? Yeah. Shall I go back to working as a broker? Shall I go back to this? Or should I go? No, 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 no. I've got a business, yeah. viable business. Yeah. The, the companies I work alongside, they said, if you get this to work well, you are set. That's if you could go back to you 10 years ago or to a period of time before you were starting out on your own yeah. and you could give yourself three pieces of immutable advice and they were only three things that you could give as information, what would you say to yourself in order to accelerate your direction? Mm. <laughs> yeah, one of these questions. I, my, my answer for like uh, in the past is well, I was buy Bitcoin uh, <laughs> purchase into Google and uh, continue what I was going to do back in New York. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I would say. At the start of your business journey. Start of my business yeah, journey. So if like, I was able to you, move back. Um, start, if you were sitting down, do you know the day that you said to, yeah. to Leo, we're going to go? I'd if tell, you give yourself three pieces of information that would help you pursue this more effectively, mm, what would that be? It's a tough one. Because the thing is with comfortability and the, the, the under knowing that something is going to work, you suddenly are able to relax. Mm-hmm. Where I wasn't able to relax, there was only one thing that had to happen. It had to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that fire, the, you know, if I was able to go back and say, hey, John, don't worry, man, it's all going to work out. I would have been able to go, oh, I'll watch a little bit more TV. I ain't going to stay up until yeah. five o'clock and I'll wake up at six o'clock. Eh, it's all right. It's all going to work out. John said it was going to be, future John said it was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, it's, uh, I, I would say, I'm the type of person I'd go back and say, mate, watch yourself. I'd scare myself shitless. Really? Yeah. And I would be the most paranoid psychopath <laughs> to make it work. And I'd actually be maybe triple times the amount I would be right now. I'd be, I really? yeah, um, I need that fire. I don't need any shortcuts. I don't want a shortcut. I want to build my own pipeline. I want to make it happen. Um, and that's it. The second I start getting a little cheat code, um, I get lazy. Okay. What is the end goal for you so is there is there a a get out or a thing where you go do you know what i would like to in 10 years time Mm. sell everything up i would like to like is there a sort of what's the end of the journey look like for you where are you how are you sort of planning to get there it's not actually it's just like the from the from the start it was uh provide for the family get leo to a certain age uh allow this to be his thing at some point where if he wants to sell it on or if he just wants to take money from it as he goes on to become like a programmer or whatever network security he wants to do, or even an artist, uh, cause he started to dabble in that. Um, but I wanted to be able to fund his lifestyle as well, um, fully. Um, but he doesn't have to take it over. I don't want it to be like, this is the family business. You have to do this son. Um, cause he didn't sign up to it. You know, really, it was just like, it was a byproduct. At 12 years old. Exactly. It's a young decision to yeah, make. Yeah, a very young it? decision to make. But he's a director, isn't he? Yeah. And he won two great British entrepreneur awards. You know, the youngest person in the country to do that uh, at his age at that time. So yeah, man, it's, 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 it's that. I want him to have the security I didn't because jobs will make you redundant. Jobs will make you feel awkward. So then you quit or you need to quit on everything because you feel that crap about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I want him to have that security to just go, Hey, 
I don't need this. I got Brooklyn Brownie, yeah, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is like, oh yeah, that's cash it in. I'm gonna take a few months holiday. You know what well, I mean? If we can earn, let's say like, and and, and I, I always say this, right? For us to live the life we really, really want, yeah. right? If we can define what that looks like, so we want a four bed house, we want a nice car, we want to be able to go on holidays mm. every so often, we want to be able to, you know, keep new clothes on the kids back and I want to be able to eat out a few times a week and yeah. I want to be able to go away at the weekends if I want to. Yeah? Simple stuff, really. Yeah, simple stuff. You probably need between six and ten a month. Mm. Yeah? If you're going to live that regularly yes. and have, say, some contingency, Same. whatever, you need between six and ten a month. Yeah. That's so, that's that, That's 120 a year mm, on the top end. That's not impossible. No. That's not a millionaire's lifestyle. No, exactly. But if you get to that, if you're doing 10 in the bank every month, I promise you, your life's going to be wildly different. I think I saw a stat, uh, an update the other day. That's, you're, you're even less than 1% yeah. in the country. I mean, it's like, you're like 0.1% or something like that. And they was like, do you know what it means to get that? And it's like, oh, you need over a hundred grand. And I was like, what? When you're like hearing that, you're like, and you're that percentage? Yeah. How bad are people doing? You know what I mean? It's just like how, well, how, how, well how we crushed doing, or know? how crushed have people been? Yeah. And it's unfair. And this is one of the first things that I saw when I came to this country. I went, when I first landed, I was like, oh, it's cute that bread is 19p and milk is, you know, 20p or whatever else. And this is such and such. But then I was like, how much is that person making? And they were like, oh, that person's making maybe eight grand a, a year. And I was like, I was like, Okay. And then at that point, 2004, I was just like, this doesn't make sense. And I was starting to get itchy. I was like, right, every role I go into, I demand ridiculous sums. You know what I mean? New York sums. And I did. It worked because people were like, oh, this guy's a New York dickhead. Let's get him in. <laughs> Let's get him in. Uh, yeah, exactly. He knows things. He's from America. Big New York. Uh, but it was just like, dude, it worked. You know, the whole alien in the room, people wanted to work with me. Um, and they'd pay the fees. And I thought, well, the money's there. And I ain't going to fall by the wayside, mate. I just can't. I'm going to blag it until somebody says no. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if they say no, I'll go to the next job and I get I get the cash. It's, it's an awkward situation we're in this country right now because there's people still in a role that they will never get out of debt. And it's just like they bust their ass. They are hardworking individuals. Yeah. Um, but it's just that role. They ain't going to get nowhere. No. And it's, it's crushing. This is what we talked about. It's the crushing gears of society. And it's unfortunate. And oh, then the haves who are just like, I'm burning cash like Scrooge yeah. McDuck. You're just like, what the I've hell? Been, I've, I've lived on both sides of the fence, right? I've yeah. worked in a warehouse. I worked there for a long time. Mm. And the money that you earn, because you work in weird shifts, you finish at one in the morning, then you're all getting drunk in the evening. Then you're going to yeah. go sit up, play PlayStation until six o'clock. Because that's your evening. Yeah. You go to bed, you get up at 11, you go to work. You do that over and over again. You earn 1,800 quid a month, which then pays your bills and all that sort of stuff. And mm. you can afford to drink every week. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. You might be lucky if you scrimp a holiday and that you can pay over 12 uh -huh, months uh -huh. or something like that, right? You, 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 you may get lucky. Yeah. yeah, whatever. That is a lifestyle for me. It's not nice. But I've also worked in job, had like a really high income, yeah. um, yeah. five figures a month, like nice industry, visiting big banks around the country. Just mm. amazing. And you're you either in an environment where everyone's like, oh, can you lend me 20 quid? Or you're in an environment where everyone's like wrestling to pay the bill. Yeah. Right? Because it's, it doesn't mean anything, no, exactly. right? And I would much prefer to be on that side of the table than that. Mm -hmm. But I would also prefer the 
understanding that I don't have to go and sit in somebody else's office at eight o'clock in the morning till 5.30 at night until you say, oh, I mean, I come in a few times. I was three minutes late. And somebody looked at me and was like, and I said, shut up. Like immediately, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Three minutes. I'm here every early, every day. This is three minutes. Please shut up. Well, I wasn't saying, listen, you were. Shut up. Um, but anyway, um, it's, I was glad to, I'm glad to have asked you on because I knew it was going to be an interesting conversation. I do like to freestyle this sort of stuff because Dude. I think it's the most organic version of it. Yeah. And, um, I appreciate every, everything that you've, you've shared with us today. Uh, and I hope that in the next six to 12 months, your business goes in the direction that you, you hope it will. And I also hope that you get to see ours do the same on this Hell end. Yeah. Dep, brother. No, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, any way we can help, Amazing. we'd love to support. Yeah, Amazing. definitely. Thanks so much, brother. Take care. Have a good one.